Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, Chuck, we're back. Another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags, Chuck Curry, talking about the great world of movies, getting ready for Memorial Day weekend and the release of uh, Top Gun, the sequel, the long-awaited sequel. Not only the years we waited from the original, but it was supposed to come out two years ago as well. COVID's hold it up, and boy, oh, boy, it's getting great uh, buzz, and Chuck and I will talk about it, and we'll go through Tom Cruise's career. Um, the ups and downs, the questions, uh, questionable roles he's taken, and, and a whole lot of fun. So that'll come up later in the show. We've got some movie news to get to as well. Um, let's bring him in right now. Chuck, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I got a question right off the bat. Let's just say hypothetically, this movie's as good as advertised. Top Gun, Maverick, yeah. right? Great. People walk out and they go, wow, I can't believe how good that movie was. Standing ovation people, at cons, right? I, mean, I, I I've seen that I've seen that trick before. But having yeah. said that, I a couple of people saying this is the movie that's going to save summer. This is going to save summer movies. This is going to get people back in the. Are you buying it? I mean, let's just say it's great. It. I never thought that would be the movie to do it. I mean, I could, it could launch. I mean, Spider Man. I don't, don't want to say like nothing's done. It's Spider. Obviously, it's the last Spider Man did it. Um. Doctor Strange had a really big opening weekend. I mean, Top Gun's not going to open like those movies, but the question is, will it have sustaining legs going forward? Well, I mean, in two weeks, we're getting the next Jurassic Park, so it doesn't. summer doesn't need to be saved yet. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about the box office until well, August. I, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I'll give you another example. You, 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 uh, you give me your feedback, okay? When the original Downton Abbey came out, it did 31 million. Right. Right. Which is a big surprise. I mean, they didn't expect that box office. So for people who gear the, 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 the um, demographic who sees that movie is 55 plus. That's what they say. Right. Right. So 31 million dollar openings. Really good. <clears throat> this film's gotten the sequel, which opened Thursday night, say Friday. 85% positive. Really good. People say, you know, who like it's a lot, ton of fun, blah, blah, blah. Sure. $18 million opening weekend. Right. So now, you know, normally, let's just say it was a genre film. Sequels always do better. The openings always much better than the original because the anticipation's high. People don't want to wait. They're not sleepers anymore. People know what they're going to get. They want to see it. So tell me what's going on. I'm going to tell you first. I don't think it's COVID. I think we've been conditioned now post COVID two years to really not go to the movies as if it's a habit. Right. And that is something that will take, at least in my opinion, minimum another summer, probably two, if it's going to self correct to any extent with this streaming culture, streaming mentality, streaming brainwashing, whatever you want to call it, has permeated our every habit. Your thoughts? Well, the scary thing is it might take longer than that. Even it might take a generation to, to go back to the theaters. Um, yeah, you're Maybe right. It, I, it isn't COVID because COVID is not preventing it, us to do anything else that we've normally done. Right. Uh, I think now inflation's not helping. The dollar isn't no. going as farther as it has and to spend money. If you're paying for a streaming service, just stay home and watch a movie instead of spending 30 bucks to go out. I mean, that's part of it, too. That's not helping. Um, so. Once we get that in order, if they decide to finally come together and fix something in this government, then maybe maybe we can start getting being able to spend money on things that we actually like to do instead of things that we have to buy. So I think that might be part of it. I think, again, it's slim pickings. The I don't think the movie industry's caught up yet to say it's OK to start releasing two, three, four movies a weekend that people might want to see because they're afraid people aren't going to show up. And I don't think they are yet. So right. it's cyclical. No, I agree. I think you're right. If it comes back in a summer or two, we'll be better. But it is not COVID. It is not. It's a lot of other factors post COVID, including um, what I talked about, inflation. And then you're right. The mind has been conditioned to, you know, do other things because we couldn't yes, go to the movies. I, I agree. Yeah. And, and it would and, be like it would be like if your kid played soccer for four years. Right. 
And then they took soccer soccer away. Right. And then they started playing field hockey. God forbid. Um, (laughs) No, exactly right. You you get used to something else, right? Yeah. You start enjoying something else. So, so what was in the blood is not in the blood as much anymore. No. Right. And you, and you realize, Hey, I, I, you know, listen, I, you know, hypothetically or realistically, we could live with never with not going to a movie theater. We could live. I mean, it's not going to kill us. Right. But and the longer it goes on, it sort of becomes like in myself included. I mean, like I, I said today, it's very hot here where I am in Pennsylvania. Right. It's like 92 degrees. So I walk in the theater. I'm involved in Pocono Cinema and it air condition was great. And I remember a day where people flocked to movies because it was the so air hot out. Yeah. It. Mm-hmm. And I think that day's over too. It's just weird. It's just really weird to accept some of the things that we've now sort of lived well, through look, over the last few years. Chuck, you and I are the biggest movie fans there are. And going yeah. to the movie fans that we are. How many times have we been to the movies ourselves? So we can't blame the audience when we've already conditioned ourselves to hardly go to the movie theater. Yeah, I know. I agree. And I, I'll you give know? you another example. And, and you're going to tell me to be quiet, but. I, I did it again. You know, one of the sports teams at ESU, uh, lacrosse, who's playing for the championship game tomorrow against the uh, University of Indiana. I think that's the school. Um, I brought him to the theater the night before they got on a plane to watch Kick-Ass, right? And, 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 and when I sat there, having them laugh and applaud, and, you know, I could feel when somebody sucked into a movie in the last 20 minutes. So It's so enjoyable for me, for me, like a collective response to a product on screen with everybody's in like really into the story. Like there's nothing like it. It's so it's just great. And I have not really experienced that in very much over the last few years. I'll be the you know, I admit it. Uh, But I do want to see a summer where people start to go to the movies more. And more, but it's going to take. It's going to take time. I mean, people are going to go see Jurassic Park and they'll be excited about it. But, you know, I say to myself, that point where people walk into a theater, full house, sold out, elbow to elbow, laughing, screaming, enjoying, applauding, like like my daughter's 16. And I and I say to myself, like, what what is she like? I know when she was younger, I took her to some event films and it was awesome. But I don't know if she remembers it that much. But like 16, 17, 18, is she going to really? remember a collective event movie i don't know i i don't know maybe not uh, uh my daughter craves for it we don't go to the movies much either and it's I, it's a challenge to get her to want to go to the movies too i'm not gonna lie yeah um, but when uh-huh. we saw when we saw free guy and and it was packed and there were some really big high moments for an audience she's like she craves that now when she goes to right. the movies so That's good it, it is good but there's not enough movies like that and and i'm, I'm hoping no, jurassic jurassic world will be that way but, uh, you know, it it is what it is. We've talked about it a lot and we only hope we're on the road to recovery, Chuck. So let's talk about some of the movies that are uh, in the news right now. And one of them being Margot Robbie. Um, I, look, we talk every week almost how Hollywood's out of ideas. Um, an Ocean's Eleven prequel with Margot Robbie as the star. So what is a prequel of Chuck if it's not about Danny Ocean? Uh, here was my reaction to that news. Hollywood, go blank yourself. I'm yeah. serious. Like, yeah. come on. Like, seriously, this is what I have to get excited about. I'm sorry, but I'm not. No, it's, I mean- this, is all, it, this is all literally. It's like betting on the one to one horse at the racetrack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is not there's nothing to be. There's no fun in it. Well, not only that, Chuck, but the all-female Ocean's Eight didn't exactly light up the screens and 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 make a lot of money. And and and, and you know she's reportedly been on and off negotiating, trying to you know cut a deal with Disney to be the new star of the Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. franchise. I mean, you know, if, if you follow this Johnny Depp Bamba Heard trial, he won't be really playing does. Jack Sparrow. No, no, he won't be. But you know, and 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 you know, there's a chance here she's going to be completely cut out of Aquaman too. She has ten minutes and. In of screen time in his final oh, really? product, according to yeah. test screenings. Yeah. Um, but I got to tell you, it's the epitome of the patheticness of human nature. When you when you just read and watch, it's just horrible. Yeah, horrible. I did not allow myself to get sucked into that nonsense. That's for sure. Uh, Chuck, a couple of, of releases for Disney Plus. As we talk about streaming, it looks like Hocus Pocus 2, September 30th. 
And um, you're going to get the next uh, Disenchanted, the next Enchanted film in November. It's going to be a, that's going to be huge. No, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, Thanksgiving Day, they're going to release Disenchanted, Chuck. I'd only assume that that's going to be watched by a lot of people over that weekend. I'm a big fan of the original. So. It's been a while. Uh, Amy Adams is so good in the original and um, the whole cast is back. That's going to be a, a big winner. You, you know, it's one of those things you wish it maybe. How many how many years now after the fact? That's almost 20. It's right? got to be. Yeah, it's been a long time. The, why, the question is, wh- why not believe 15 years it's been? Why not believe in it enough to maybe get it up on the big screen? I'm a little surprised no. that. They don't go so for here's, it. Here's my other question before we close this topic. You got the theaters, which we all talked about being a cash cow or the main source of revenue for studios for a hundred years, right? Clearly, this the studio power base has to know that they've they've crippled theaters at least fifty percent, right? So is this really what the theaters is? You no, know, is this really what the studios want? What we have right now today, is this what they want or they want they want to reaffirm that relationship and make theaters to drive in cash flow for at least 45 day window? Mm-hmm. And then whatever they do on streaming, they do on streaming. Theaters need more product, which we talked about. They need a lot more product. They need a, at least a 45 day window. No more day to day. And they need the studios to embrace theaters. They, they, it has to be a marriage that's happy. It can't be this, this now power play by studios controlling every aspect of their product. Yeah. It ain't going to work. Well, something else, too, studios need to do is produce better movies, more original, oh. better movies. I mean, you can't be releasing Firestarter every other weekend and putting crap out um, and, and expect people to, to really be... Um, to really get back into the movie theater. No, because, you know, when we did this show the other week on movies of uh, 1987. Yeah. And, and I'm like, you're going down that list and the like, yeah. there's nothing comparable in 2022 to that list. There's nothing. It's a joke. I hate saying that. I don't want to be hyperboil. No, but man. the comparison, what was produced and, and what has stood the test of time and what was entertainment and, and the way people it discovered. I, it's just so different. Well, I and, you know, I, we, I joked about it over the weekend and I actually sat down and watched it. But one of the releases this weekend was the valet on Hulu, straight mm-hmm. to Hulu with Uenio Derbez and uh, Samara Weaving, um, who are 30 years apart in age. And it's what it's, genre did that fall into? It really honestly, I got to be completely honest with you. It's better than it should have been. It's not okay. really a romantic comedy. It's really more about. Um, Puerto Ricans in Los Angeles and family. And it really has a lot of heart to it. Like it turned into something I did not expect whatsoever. Although I think he has zero charisma on screen. I really don't see the, the appeal there. I love her um, Samara weaving, but um, it's better than it should have been. I'll just say that yet. It's not any product that would have ever lasted or hit big on the big screen. Um, but if, if you, if you want a movie about family, it actually does hit the hit the mark on and uh, on that level okay um however again um th- it's lightweight could it play could it play on a big screen no yes it no? couldn't no okay, nobody's right. gonna, no overboard didn't so, it, it, so and would he, you say so this is more it's content more than yes film, it's content right? and that's what i mean okay. about studios gotta start putting out better uh Movies. more substantial comment content uh, for, for people agree. to go want to see even on the I streaming agree. services now too they're just putting out stuff just for the sake of saying they've got something new on their streaming service. Um, and it's not any good. Uh, and that's a problem. Um, it's a lot of fodder that's getting thrown on TV now um, that it doesn't you know really I, matter. I, I, here's what I, I also find interesting. Like you go to Netflix, right? Uh, I went on there last week and uh, they just put on War of the Worlds, Spielberg's War of the Worlds with mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, right? And it was number one for a day. Right. The number one. And, and I and I, I don't know if that's real or not, or they just try to I doubt it. Like they point people to watch something. Right. Yeah. They try to excite you into watching something. So my point is, like, if, if in the, the, what's good about film and TV, if you haven't seen something in 10 years, you, you do forget it. You do forget yeah. the basics. Yeah. You, you, no might, you know, the outline, but you forget the, the plot, the, what drives the movie forward for the most yep. part. Yep. So 
I mean, that part is cool. I li- I do like that stuff. Like when they put something that's twenty years old that I haven't seen in a long time, and I go, okay, like, and I watched it. Yeah. I got to tell you, it's really for me. War of the Worlds is Spielberg's War of the Worlds. It's disappointing. It has moments. I love the first twenty minutes to set up, but. It, uh, once too, he, it takes itself too serious. Yeah. Cruz is really good in it, though. He but is. We'll talk about that more and later. So is, but, uh, so is Danning as well. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's good stuff in it, but it has a bad ending. And it just it has sort of no starts ending. to plot along. Yeah. It, yeah it, it starts to plot along in the midway mark on. Once he and Tim Robbins go into the basement, the movie. Way I'm too, lo- ser- that, way too yeah, serious. It, that, that's when I, that that's, that's something out of it. That's something out of an R rated movie. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was a little, and and uh, but I did enjoy most of it. But that part. And you're right. The ending is is not Spielbergian. That's for sure. Um, Chuck, you got right, any other movie news we need to hit on? Yeah, I got a couple of things I want to talk about. I just read that they're going to they just uh, cut a deal to work on a sequel. Believe it or not, my law abiding citizen with Gerard Butler. Oh my now, God! In I sort of like that. that. I sort of like that movie. No, that movie sucked like that movie. a high heaven. You're talking about two but, of the worst. I mean, I hate both those actors. So you're, you're yeah. And I thought the premise was awful. I, I did. I did not like that movie but at the, all. But the question is why? There's no reason to. Are okay. both of them coming so, back for it? He's definitely coming back. Gerard well, of Butler. course he is. I mean, Gerard Butler. He'll do anything. This week in TV history, <laughs> Cheers made twentieth aired its last uh, episode in. Um, 1993. Famously, everyone got drunk afterwards. <laughs> Pretty good show. And also uh, this week in 1990, May 21st, the last episode, one of the greatest last episodes of any TV show of all time, New Heart. Yeah. Aired on CBS. Yeah, it's great classic. It, I'd say it is the best that last episode of all time. You think so? Brilliant. Yeah, great, absolutely. Creatively. Brilliant. It, it, I mean, that was filmed. And also what was cool about it, is it was filmed before a live audience. Yep. And, and no I, one knew and, that. And, and, they, and they had to love that. They had the house Suzanne lights Blanchette. off and nobody, nobody yep. saw the old set. And when the, when the lights came on, people knew that the, you know, what the, what the jig was. And, and that was brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant. That's what I got. All right, Chuck, uh, let's move to fast five, um, five actors or actresses. You tell me the first movie that pops to mind. You ready to go? I'll do an easy one first. Because believe it or not, Jimmy Stewart would have had a birthday this weekend. Um, can I'll, I'll say can't pick George Bailey, then pick a different one. He would have been 114, by the way. How about Flight of the Phoenix? That's a good one. I like that movie. I thought you'd say maybe Vertigo or Rear Window or The Man Who Knew Rear, Too Much, I, I, listen, The Philadelphia I like Story. I, I, I like Rear Window a lot. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, what yeah. about the man who shot Liberty Valance? I used to love that movie. Uh, him and John Wayne. And, 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 I, and I, I love his appearance. He's a supporting role in The Shooters, which I told you is my yeah. all-time favorite John Wayne movie. He gives John Wayne the diagnosis that he's got limited time to live, his character in that movie. I love that. That movie's, that movie's a great movie. And I love, his appearance uh, in, I, I love his appearance in uh, The Magic of Lassie. I remember seeing that movie at Radio yeah. City Music Hall. Um, with yeah. Lassie came out on stage afterwards. Uh, really? Yeah, 1978. Cool. Um, and wow. of course, his appearance as Philip Stevens in Airport 77. I mean, he built the plane, yeah. Chuck. I mean, he had a big part in Airport 77. I'm a big fan of that movie. Actually, so it's very likable that he's in it. Um, how yep. about Judge Judge Reinhold is 65 years old, Chuck. Is he Judge holy Reinhold. crap? Is he really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but I, you know, Beverly Hills Cop to me is an, an ultra all time classic movie. Billy Rosewood. Uh, yeah, he's great in it, too. Uh, they take you know, his character. Of, of all the movies I've ever seen sitting in an audience with sold out crowds, you know, Beverly Hills Cop in 1984 is right there of audience participation, theater experience, everything, a perfect comedy action. It's all it's just awesome. And he he's really good in that movie. Well, let's not forget, as Brad Hamilton, he's iconic in Fast Times at Richmond High, especially one certain he sure scene. Is. He and sure one is. certain scene, Chuck, I mean, that lives in infamy for with most teenage boys at the time. He's part yeah, of that he, scene. You know, he, he is the thing. I, I'll tell you a, a, a movie footnote. You know, he's in Gremlins, right? Mm-hmm. He plays uh, Billy Peltzer's nemesis in the movie. And there was a scene that they cut out that was in the TV versions where the Gremlins put him in a jail cell. I remember and, that. And actually, you, only yeah. see, you only see that in the TV show, uh, the TV uh, uh, where like WPX and 11 when they air Gremlins that that, it, that was included. That, and then they used to have those Gremlins trading cards. You, you saw that in the trading cards. 
that stuff's interesting. Um, and he was a good nemesis in the Stan- Santa Claus too, as uh, opposite Tim Allen. I, I thought he. Was and then he did the body good. switching movie with Fred Savage, right? Yeah, vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Um, share. Uh, I, it's it's mask for me. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I was talking about her the other day when I saw her birthday was coming up. Um, she's a tremendous talent. I mean, just a tremendous entertainer, really good actress. I mean, of all the, you know, the singers who delved into acting, she's easily one of the very best. Very uh, good. 76 years old, too. I got to go with Moonstruck. I mean, she carried okay. that film. Yeah, and I mean, won it's an iconic Oscar. moments I mean, in that Iconic. Um, yeah. How about Tony Gold- Goldwin, Chuck? Interesting well, I, career. I, I, think a, I think a ghost. Just I think a ghost. The healing ghost, right? The obvious bad guy in Ghost, 62 years old. Still relatively yeah. young. Um, yeah. I actually thought he was pretty good in the, the movie he was in uh, last year. King Richard. He plays Paul Cohen in it. One of the tennis coaches. He's really good in that. Good to see He's him. He's a pop good actor. Up. And I know what he was on one of those TV shows, Scandal, right? He's got a big role on Scandal. Yes. He's done some directing, too. He's had a real yes, good career. Yes, a lot um, of directing TV. Yeah, uh, very, very likable guy on the screen. And last but not least, one of my most underrated actors out there, Chuck, is uh, Timothy Oliphant, who's 54 years old. I love him pretty much everything he's done. Of course, he's the villain in Die Hard, um, Live Free or Die Hard. To me, if you haven't seen The Getaway yet, with him and Steve Zahn and, and, and uh, Mila Jojovich. That is a yeah, yeah. great, great movie. Yeah, he's also the Crazies is a pretty uh, entertaining yes. movie. Yes. The remake. I like that movie a lot. He's good I, in it. I like him a lot, Chuck. And, you know, yeah. he's had the Justified series that people yeah. seem to love, too. On Which I believe they're bringing back. Yeah, I believe so, too. Uh, yeah. Great, great actor. Um, Chuck. Here's our late newest feature, which we did last year, and you wanted to redo it today, which was interesting. Um, we pick a year. You pick Holy the year. Yeah. I tell you what comes hey, out that year in movies. I think I, I think I have a dinner engagement coming up. Uh, <laughs> are we almost finished with this? Um, John, <laughs> what year do you want to go back to? Uh, let me think here. Hold on. Oh, 1979. You're going to go back to 1979. Did we, we didn't do yes. 79 yet, did we? No, we did 70. We did, we did 78. All right. It's yes. 1979. So we're looking at uh, the movies released in May of 1979. May. Well, actually, it, it's pretty much Memorial Day weekend, 1979. Chuck, <laughs> did you know that this movie came out this date? And that's why you picked it. You no. did. You, you did. You, you did this on purpose. No. You yes, you did. No. Yeah, no. you did. Beyond the Poseidon Adventure came out on this I day. I swear to God, I didn't know. I knew it came out that year. I didn't know when it came. It actually came out Memorial Day weekend. I did. Yeah, not May twenty fifth. Holy cow! I I ugh, I remember going to the theater with my father. He I told this story before, but you know my memory's photographic, right? I'm at <laughs> home. We're getting ready to go. Dennis Cunningham, Hates Channel it. Two, CBS News reviews. It gives it a one out of ten, and I'm like, okay, Dad, let's go. And, uh, you know, we were disappointed initially. And I had some friends that went to this. I was supposed to see it with some friends in the neighborhood the next day. And I said, I'm not going. They said, why? Because I said, I seen it last night. I don't want to see it again. <laughs> and they came back and they they were like, wow, I, they actually liked it. So what? Yeah, they liked it. It was young. It was, uh, young. Well, they really connected with Carl Malden. And I mean, not that well, they like the guns. On. And, I mean, I remember me and my father looking at each other. Why are they shooting machine guns on the beside? I don't understand. But anyway, over time, I, I could watch it as a novelty because I, 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 you know, I love Michael Caine and I like Carl Malden. So I, 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 Carl Malden, if it was just Michael Caine, Carl Malden, Sally Field, I'm okay. It's all the other characters that sink that movie. That's the problem. Literally, nice pun there. It, it sank if they the just, movie. If they just went in there for the salvage and there was no uh, terrorist and Telly Savalas, uh, Suavo and and te- and Tex and and <laughs> let's be honest. Um, What's his name? So over the top, uh, Peter, Peter Boyle. Boyle. He's, he's yeah. doing a riff on Rogo. I mean, yeah. um, well, we talked about it again. Look at that. You picked the right year beyond the design you. adventure. What, what else came out that weekend? Mike? Well, there were better movies that came out that weekend. One called okay. uh, uh, Hanover Street, which wasn't you know seen by many people. It was a Harrison don't Ford remember it. romance. How about Over the Edge? It. How about Over the Edge, Chuck? May 18th, 1979. With Matt Dillon and Vincent Spano, this movie is about a bunch it. of teenagers taking over uh, the town. Um, this was a dark, dark movie, and was really young Matt Dillon as well. Uh, um, 
Prisoner of Zenda came out uh, as well with Peter Sellers. But the biggest one from Memorial Day weekend, 1979, the instant horror classic Alien and Ridley Scott, wow. Chuck. Okay. This was so one I of the scariest movies here. ever. Yeah, you did. Well, uh, you, here's what they did. Here's what they did. They knew Jaws was huge in 75, right? So the tagline is was tagline was uh, what was the tagline about? Uh, no one about, can hear you scream in no space. No one can hear you scream. scream. Yeah. Right. So you know they, that was sold as like Jaws in space, like a monster in in space. I listen. I like Aliens better. It is better. Cameron's but... Aliens. I, I like it better. But this is a good movie. It's a four star uh, horror it's, movie. I, I, I know people. I know it was really well into, uh, uh, accepted, and people loved it. Watching it in the theater back in '79, and it had one of the biggest shock scenes of all time in movies, oh, hands down. And, and uh, great uh, finale ending with Sigourney Weaver as well. That's um, an instant classic four-star horror sci-fi movie. No doubt about it. Just how so happens is Aliens is better. That's how good Aliens you know, is. Th- you know, there's a series on Netflix. My buddy Scott was watching. I was here, and I and I tuned in, and it was. Uh, they do documentaries on on movies. I don't know yeah. what it's called. Right? We all watch. So we've all do, watched the movies you love. So they, yeah, everybody's right, so watched movies, this already, Chuck. Right. So they, you're just so they finding it one, now. I am. So they do one on aliens, right? Yes, they so did. When they wrote when they wrote the script to aliens, they just assumed Sigourney Weaver was going to be the star. Yet they didn't negotiate with her. Right. And the camera said, "Well, we need. We what are you doing? Like, you know, we just assumed." She said, "Well, I didn't get her yet." Well, and then they had to negotiate bringing her in. Thank God she came. Um, and two other notes of that weekend to Chuck Memorial Day weekend. They actually did re-release Jaws that weekend in 79, mm-hmm. four years after the original. And, uh, you know, summer's coming up. Why not? And Wanda Nevada came out, too, with Peter Fonda and Brooke Shields with a huge age difference there. Peter Fonda actually directed that movie, too. Really? So that was okay. your you, you picked a good weekend there, Chuck. No yeah, doubt about I it. I did. I, thank you. Now, in 79, did you was there avail, availability to watch movies at your home? Was it beta? I think Betamax, right? Right. at the uh, Yeah, I think it just about then. It yeah, started because I, out, I, yeah. rem, I remember I remember going to a mall, King's Plaza in Brooklyn, walking through it. And I remember seeing Halloween on Betamax, Betamax for like 100 bucks. They were selling it. I was like, holy cow. Like you could own a movie that made a hundred million for a hundred bucks. I was well, a kid. I didn't know what the hell I was talking about, but uh, we've come a long way. Well, plus HBO and WHT were out at that point too. So, and I watched alien a million times on HBO a million times. All right, Chuck, let's turn our attention to Tom Cruise. Of course, next week and a big weekend for Tom Cruise getting great buzz for uh, Maverick, which is getting released Memorial day weekend. He turned 60 July 3rd. So um, we figured Let's go back and look at his career, the ups and downs. We actually have a uh, 10 favorite Tom Cruise podcast. If you want to go back in our archive as we ranked our favorite ones. But let's go back and start in 1981, Chuck. He has a small role in Endless Love. But I actually went back and rewatched a movie he did with Timothy Hutton and Sean Penn. Taps was released in 1981. And this movie uh, struck a chord with me when I was little. I remember uh, really liking it. I really remember his performance. And from what I understand, he was originally going to be a smaller part. The director really liked him. He had a lot of charisma. And boy, he has one of the scene stealing uh, uh, scenes at the end of the movie. Um, It's really over the top, but he's got a lot of charisma in this. And he does stand out amongst all the other kids besides Hutton and Ken. How did it hold off for you? Uh, Not too bad. I mean. It's a little dated and some questionable, like, well, really, could they hold this place? They, they hold a uh, military school uh, basically hostage because they hear it's getting shut down. And George C. Scott pops up for, what, 20 minutes in this movie, too. Um, it, it's it got some staying power only because the leads are so good. Timothy Hutton and Sean Penn right in their wheelhouse, um, especially Sean Penn. He was born to play something like this back in the day. Um, the Taps is enjoyable. I, you remember seeing that film? Did Tom I, Cruise I stand it. out to you like he stood? I, I remember that character. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I saw it maybe one time. I don't I do not remember that well. In 1982, he did a teen comedy losing it. Um, basically, just a, a one of those. A yeah, I remember teen. that. I, I actually I think I saw that. I think that was re-released after Risky Business. Well, I what happened was. was he does losing it uh, with Jackie Earl Haley, Haley. I think he's in it, too. The Outsiders yeah. comes out. He stands out in that ensemble cast as well. Um, a real good flick, and he's part of it. And then, of course, the big success was Risky Business. He actually got a Golden Globe nominee, a real funny comedy, Chuck. He plays Joel. Parents are out of town. 
and decides that's let's open first, up a brothel at the house. That's the first Tom Cruise movie I saw in a theater. And I and I remember enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah, it's it's hysterical. The supporting characters are all good in that movie. Yeah, written and directed by Paul Brickman. And of course, Rebecca DeMornay almost steals the yep. film, too. Yeah, uh, her, one good. of her first roles. Yep. Um, and a great scene on the subway and some and real then, funny and the, stuff. The, right. And the actor who played Booger in, in Revenge of the Nerds. Curtis is really Armstrong. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. really good in it. And let's not, you know, Bob Seger and the dance scene. I mean, that became one of the more iconic movie scenes in, in the 80s. Uh, him dancing, lip syncing to um, to the Bob Seger song, Old Time Rock and Roll. The, the better movie for me is the movie that came out right after. And it's all the right moves. Stefan Georgievich, a uh, small little high school teenage uh, football movie that maybe a lot of people haven't seen, Chuck. I love all the right moves, if only for his performance and Craig T. Nelson as the coach. It's a real gritty, realistic look at high school football in Pennsylvania. Here's what's interesting. I, I remember seeing this in a movie theater. So did I. Yeah. And, and, all right. And, and, you know, and again, you know, back in this time period, sold out houses. These movies packed them in, especially on the first weekend. Like movies back in, in this period, like when they played in the theater first weekend, like everybody went to see movies. Yeah. Like that was that was Americana. And I, I remember liking this movie a lot. And it is it is very gritty, though. Like it's not a feel good movie. It's no, not a feel good movie. No, no, it's realistic. It's pretty realistic. Do and and Craig T. Nelson's really good in it. He is. And, he uh, is. and, and uh, Leah, Tom- what's it? Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Right? Yeah. 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 Great flick. Go back and watch it. Now, Legend would come out in 1985, Chuck, and that was a Ridley did not, Scott. Did not see that in the theater. Yeah, it kind of flopped at the big time. What 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 surprised me when looking at his IMDb page and his he's miscast in that movie. He is his career. He hadn't done much before 1986's Top Gun. I thought for me, it just seemed like he was around doing things. He was already a star when yeah, Top Gun he, came out, but, but Top risky, Gun made him a star. Yeah, but risky business. It made him. I, he didn't I do mean, Top he, Gun. A, yeah, I mean, I guess but risky business was popular, Mike. It was. It was, but, it was. It was critically acclaimed. It sh- he became he became a star of risky business. But Top Gun took him to that next level of calling his shots. See, there's a there's a stage where you become. And there's another stage where you demand and, and and Top Gun made him a major player in the industry. It did um, talk about movies that I think are a tad bit overrated. I think Top Gun is it's all style and substance. The story is very, very. I mean, you got the planes. Yes. And you got his charisma. But outside of that, and not much really happens in this film um, that doesn't isn't total testosterone. Um, it's good. Not great. Again, his next movie to me is a big misfire. It could have been all time great. Martin Scorsese's The Color of Money. He's very good as Vincent. You Paul Newman comes back. What's that? Yeah, I think you it is. It I do because there's no payoff at the end. And when you leave a theater bummed out, that's a misfire to me. OK, I, I think this is a. Yeah, I agree. Listen, I, I would not call it a misfire. I think it's three quarters of a terrific movie. And the acting between Paul Newman, Tom Cruise and Mary, Mary Elizabeth Mastantonio is just they're, char- they're terrific characters. Yeah, it's great, great chemistry. Um, you know, Cruz is playing. You know, a, a, it's just a, it's a major supporting role in the movie. He's yeah. in the movie the whole movie, but well, it's a fast it's, Eddie it's, Felsen sequel, it's, and it's, so it's, it's, it's all Paul it's designed yeah. to be a Paul Newman movie. Yeah, but um, I'll say this again: like I'll take the floor over the fact that they don't make movies like this. They just don't for a mass audience, and and like. God bless a movie like this. I don't care how flawed it is. When I look back, give me this every day of the week in 2022. We ain't going to get it. A very popular movie came out two years later. Um, not a classic by any means, but it played on TBS. And I'm sure a lot of people have seen this 10, 15, 20 times. Cocktail was extremely popular, Chuck, as a was. as a young bartender um, under the tutelage of Brian Brown and old bartender uh, Kelly Lynch. And of course, uh, our old friend Elizabeth Shue. A uh, cocktail has its problems. Um, the script's very weak and it's very contrived at points, especially with what they do with Brian Brown's character, which was yeah. totally unnecessary, completely yeah. unnecessary, really turned me off. But it's got a yeah. good soundtrack, got an immortal Kokomo song by the Beach Boys, and Agreed. it's got Tom Cruise flipping bottles. So a lot of people love but here, it. Here's the thing, and I like Elizabeth Shue probably never looked better on film. I mean, she looked glamorous, right, in this movie. Um, here's the thing with this movie. Uh, is an entertainment. It's entertaining enough. I mean, but it's sold on the premise of like, 
I mean, Tom Cruise is not really playing a real person. He's no, like, no. He's, they're selling this to women, right? It is, it is what it is. I mean, it has entertainment value, though. Maybe. Do you think Brian Brown, if you had to equate him to, say, Michael Caine, what do you think of Brian Brown as an actor? I, I, I think he's good. a great. Yeah, I think he's a great actor. I mean, half yeah. the career is as Michael Caine, but I think he's yeah, I think he's very enjoyable. I love FX and FX, too. And I thought he should have been a, maybe a, a bigger player in in, the, in movies, but um, certainly liked him in Cocktail. I thought he was very good in it. I, again, what they did with that character. I, what about what about the Beside Adventure Hallmark remake? You said? Oh, he was fantastic that in that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Really. I just wanted to point that. Perhaps, out. Uh, perhaps uh, Tom Cruise's best performance gets lost because he gets outdone by an Oscar winner uh, as Charlie Babbitt, Rain Man, a classic Barry Levinson four star film that he's every good, every bit as good as Dustin oh, Hoffman yeah. is. Um, but he kind of gets lost because. All ha- all eyes were turned on Dustin Hoffman. He swept the Oscars and all that. But stuff. I also think the industry realized that Tom Cruise was a really good actor here. Yep, and and he proved and it. Listen, and, and I'll say it again: um, this type of movie is not being made anymore. Now nah, it's a this great movie. This is a movie. Th- these are the oh, it movies. It is. That it's getting made. It's getting re- released on Amazon uh, Prime, but called yeah, Coda. And, 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 I mean, and they're, they're spending, making it, and they're, sp- and they're spending four million dollars to make it. Right? And and Dustin Hoffman when ain't in it. When yeah, he's spending forty. Yeah. Yeah, they're making it. It's yep. just not in the scale that you want it to be made. Exactly. Uh, Born exactly. on the 4th of July, 1989 came out uh, the very next movie, the Oliver Stone movie about Ron. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's a good flick. Um, I like the stuff great, outside great, of Vietnam. Great John, John Williams score. Great John Williams score and real Some good. Some of acting. it's hard to watch. Yep. Um, good, though. He goes back to Top Gun, but instead he puts it on a racetrack. Uh, Bruckheimer. Um, Simpson uh, Days of Thunder, Chuck, comes out in 1990, all style, very little substance. But he meets his first. He meets Nicole Kidman on set. Yeah, they fall yeah. in love. Um, I mean, it's watchable. And if you're an NASCAR fan, I bet you, you like it. But it's drivel. It's not very good. It's uh, this is a this is a is a studio product more than a movie. Yes, it is. Yep. Yep. Um, he team up with uh, Nicole Kidman again, a very ambitious Far and Away, directed by Ron Howard, but a big misfire, Chuck. Yeah, uh, I mean, it is. It's not a movie I really enjoy. I, I admire the fact that that they did this film, but um, I actually bought it on Laserdisc. I remember, but I didn't see it in the theater. I bought it on Laserdisc, and uh, I, I I only watched it one time. Yeah, it's visually stunning. It's got a great score by John Williams in that as well, too. But it really misfires. Um, how about A Few Good Men? Maybe Rob Reiner's best movie. Tom Cruise hold goes head to head with Jack Nicholson and holds his own, Chuck. Seems like it should be an ensemble movie, but it's really him and Jack Nicholson, mano a mano, and he's really good in A Few Good Men. Very good. I mean, uh, that's a movie that people, when it comes on TV, it, it's, it, it hooks you. Yeah, it's like one of those movies that that hook you. Rob Reiner, r- terrific cast. So many, so many talented actors in that in that cast. The very next year, he team up with Gene Hackman in the firm, an uncredited Gene Hackman, by the way, who thought that to me, his, that's a, that movie. That movie's flawed. Yeah, it's big time flawed. Uh, a Sidney Pollack directed. It's got a horrible mu- music score. Uh, I read the book. The book's fantastic. It does have two great performances by Gary Busey and Holly Hunter in it as well. But the firm um, did make a lot of money. It, it was a big hit and it was it was questionable as to Gene Hackman not putting his name on it. Um because he's basically the co-star in that film, Chuck. It's his movie, too. Every bit as much as as Tom Cruise. Agree. And, and again, that, these movies they, like uh, they could take a movie like The Firm have. And this is when, again, when uh, Star Power sold movies, right. right? Star Power, you know, somewhat concept, but it wasn't like, you know, things exploding every three seconds to get people into a movie theater. You know, you had mass audiences seeing movies like this. With, yeah, with the, the big the big well, star and, and you got John Grisham's name on it, too. Yeah, that helps too. It, it was a big it was a big selling point. Another big uh, book turned into a movie the very next year in 94 interview with the vampire, the vampire chronicles. Now, I remember all the Anne Rice book fans were uh, irate over the fact that he was cast as Lestat. Um, I, I'm not that big a fan. Now, if you like vampire movies, I suppose I'm the I'm not a big fan of the genre, but Kirsten Dunst is fantastic in the movie. Uh, there's no doubt about that. She really pops on the screen. You don't like Mission Impossible. I did like the original that comes out in 1996. His first turn as Ethan Hunt. I thought there was I enough good action be, uh, in it. I, I found good. I thought there was enough good action in it and uh, enough adrenaline at the end that I, 
I thought it was done well enough by Brian De Palma. It is flawed. There's really just three big action scenes and nothing in between. But I thought it was passable enough for me to enjoy it. I thought it was a crashing bore. Uh, the next and, I, and I'm and, and I and I was sort of amazed that the franchise recovered. To be honest with you, it recovered big but time. But it did. But we'll, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Also, in 1996, perhaps his best movie, and I think you and I would agree on that. It's Jerry Maguire, maybe his best role um, of all agree. time. Uh, it, it's just uh, perfectly crafted. Um, and, and he also no- got. He also got. He also got. Uh, l- he, the stars aligned when Renee Renee Zellweger was perfect. Yep, their chemistry it just worked. Well, and it was the peak of Cameron Crowe too. It was his best and movie as well. Everything good. worked. Everything worked. It's really a love story between guys. It is him and Cuba Gooding Jr. I mean, uh, don't it get lost on multiple in, levels. It works yeah. on multiple levels. Don't get lost with Show Me the Money. Uh, it, it's there's it's a lot more to that. You know, um, in a way, it works a lot like the way Rocky worked. Yeah, yeah, right. No doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. Um. Eyes Wide Shut comes out in 99. He'd wait three years and then team up with Stanley Kubrick, who would eventually uh, die uh, right when this movie's getting released, Chuck. Um, it's it an interesting movie, a eerie movie, but I don't know if it's a good movie. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you something. I saw this in a theater by myself, right? At the Kingsway opening day Friday. Uh, I got to tell you, I like this movie a lot. I find it fascinating. It's very interesting subject matter. It's adult, which I like. Mm-hmm. And uh, it made me think a lot. And I like his character in this film. I like well, it a lot. I think his other movie and his other character in 99 is better. And that's Magnolia, uh, the Paul Thomas Anderson ensemble mm-hmm. cast. He plays a motivate, motivational speaker trying to reconnect he got with his dad. Did he, did he, has he ever won an Oscar? Or just he has not won an Oscar. He's only been nominated, he nominated three times. Right? Yeah, he's only okay. been nominated three times. He's good in this movie. Really good. He's really good. It's a great movie, too. Very underseen film. Maybe goes on a little too long and gets a little wacky at the end, but I love Magnolia. I did not like Mission Impossible 2, which came out in 2000, Chuck. I thought it was atrociously bad. Um, and, and considering well, the talent involved, John Woo. Well, it's a, it's, t- it's an interesting misfire, but it is a misfire. There's and no a terrible uh, Doug Ray Scott as the villain. So forgettable uh, in that movie. 2001. I'm a fan of his reteaming with Cameron Crowe and Vanilla Sky came out right around 9-11. It didn't get a lot of eyes. And I know a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was an interesting enough movie, Chuck. Me and too. I like the twists and turns in it and makes it. I, 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 li- I like it. It made me think it, it was it was different. It was interesting. And I like the cast. Yep. Minority Report come out in 2002 is first teaming up with Steven Spielberg. I'm a fan of this movie. I think I'm it's not. a good action sci fi film um, with a good premise and some good action scenes. I think it's good enough to watch again. I did not. I, I don't like the way it was shot. Um, I, I I just it just it doesn't it doesn't involve me. It's not involving for me. I thought I I I thought yeah, like it. I thought Colin Farrell was pretty good in it too, as a somewhat villain in it. I thought he was really good. Um, he do a great famous uh (laughs) cameo in Austin Powers Gold Member. Really funny. Really funny. Um, and then he would do the Last Samurai, which I did not enjoy. Which he's talk about being miscast, Chuck. Um, he does that with Ed. At least he's willing and it, it's still take chances. Is, is yeah, great. it takes chances, and I, you got to admire that. It's good. Two thousand and four, he teams up with Michael Mann and Jamie Fox. Look, I think Collateral is good, and he's really good in it. I just think yeah. it's a tad bit overrated, Chuck. I, it, I think it's good. Yeah, it's good, but people rave about this film. Um, but it's just okay. It's a little long. Okay. It all takes place in one setting, basically. He's very good in it um, as the killer. Uh, yeah. But other than that, I I don't know. Nothing really pops out. We talked about War of the Worlds in 2005. Him and Spielberg yeah. again. Three quarters was a great movie. Real good sci-fi, especially the opening scenes of action, Chuck, where the, Spielberg's the, got the camera rolling around the no, car. He, I, like that, that first half hour is really good because it, it, it make, Spielberg makes you believe Cruz is just a regular guy. And that's not yeah. easy to do. Yeah. And he does it well. He does. Yeah, it he well. does. Yeah. Um, and, and you and you and you his chemistry with Dakota Fanning and the other son is really good. You you care. Yeah. It just it veers off into a, a plotting way. And, yep. And it, the it, endings a big thud. Mission Impossible three gets the series back on track, Chuck, because basically they get a competent director in J.J. Abrams. They get a great story, but most of all, a great villain. Yeah. Oh, 
Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, listen, I love this movie. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love this movie. And, and what makes this movie so good is it, it humanizes the character of Ethan Hunt by having him married, right? Yeah, Michelle Monaghan. Yeah. And you care what happens in this movie, like on a human level. Yep. It's just not like, you know, it's not like silly Hollywood uh, heroics and, and no substance. This movie has substance and it makes you realize that Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman was awesome. And boy, would I love to see him play the oh, penguin in a Chris Nolan yeah, Batman well, movie. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, in 2007, a forgettable political drama, Lions for Lambs, which really starred Robert Redford and Meryl Streep. He's got a glorified cameo in that film, Chuck. That movie tanked at the box office. But a big hit in 2008. You talk about taking chances. An unrecognizable Tom Cruise as Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder. He's hysterical in this film, Chuck. It's a long, and it's a great movie. Classic. Oh, yeah. Everybody's funny, yeah. but he almost steals this movie. Edgy and uh, edgy, funny and edgy. Funny is always really good. And of course, a great dance scene over the credits at the very end, too, has Les Grossman. Let me ask you a question. If this movie and this movie was a hit, a there's real no hit, way it could get it, released today. No way. I, 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 but would there be an audience for it? That's my point. I Well, if funny's funny, I don't care. But the minute they they have a a, a, a Robert Downey Jr. playing a, 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 a would, black guy, it, 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 it would never pass no, the page. Nope. Nope. It wouldn't uh, get to the filming stage. I, I agree. He starts making a couple of forgettable movies. Valkyrie comes out a World War. Not II. that it should. I just want to preface not that it shouldn't. No, 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 because, it shouldn't. But, but people like people like you got to have a sense of humor. That's all yep. I'll say. He would do Valkyrie with Brian Singer that gets lost in the shuffle. So does uh, Night and Day where he teams up with Cameron Diaz. A forgettable. I did not like movie. that. I, yeah. Well, I honestly, when, when you that movie's tongue in cheek from the minute it opens to ends, I, yeah. I don't like it. There's nothing good about it, uh, but. Maybe perhaps the best Mission Impossible of all comes out in 2011. Ghost Protocol was everything a James Bond movie should ever be and more. Really good. I love this movie. Brad, Brad Bird directed I still love it. Three of the best. This is really good, too. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Uh, he would do Rock of Ages and Jack Reacher in why doesn't Why doesn't Brad Bird? Why doesn't Brad, Brad Bird? I, I don't know. Live I don't know. I don't know. Um, Rock yeah, of Ages. He sings uh, in 2012. The musical. I enjoy uh, that movie. I, yeah. I enjoy that movie. I like it. And I like Jack Reacher. I thought his I mean, it's just smaller kind of action movie, really more of a murder mystery. I thought it was pretty good. His first turn as Jack Reacher um, in 2012. I, I'm fine with it. I, I, and it has a couple of really good. See that one sequence in the bar when he brings those guys out and he yep. fights them. It's really good. Yeah, I like because it. I saw it in the theaters, but it was a very forgettable sci fi movie. Oblivion comes out in 2013. That's, all, that's all style. Very little substance. Yeah. It's and, very watchable, though. Yep. And more watchable and a better sci-fi movie. And I know it's a bit of a cult classic, too, is Edge of Tomorrow comes out in 2014. A lot of people love this movie, Chuck. First time I saw it, I thought it was good. Uh, we got a chance to rewatch it. and It's better than I thought. Uh, but people yeah. love Edge of it's, Tomorrow. I know. I know they do. It has a huge following this movie. It's good for us. It's a Groundhog Day premise in a sci-fi yes. movie. Um, yep. You and I both uh, loved Rogue Nation Mission Impossible in 2015. Um, and then Fallout in 2018. I thought the series just kept going, especially Fallout. We both, you and I both like that movie a lot. Um, mm -hmm. he, he would go back and never go back as Jack Reacher in 2016. Very forgettable. It plays more like a Charles Bronson movie than it does. Yeah, I remember. Listen, I remember sitting in a theater watching it. Right. And I was like, I mean, it's very watchable. Yeah. But it, it, I said to myself, this is really the first B movie that Tom Cruise has done. It felt it. That's what it yes. felt like. It felt yes. like a Charles Bronson B movie. Doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. It's just sort of weird that he would be doing it. Um, the Mummy comes out in 2017 and absolutely destroys Universal's plan of getting the monsters back on the now. Big here, uh, let's let's talk about this. The question is, why did he do this movie? It makes no sense for him to do it. Why? It's not a good script. Money. Yeah, he money. took it for money. Yeah, they paid him a lot of money. Yeah, it's bizarre. This he is actually, one of the most bizarre movies he's ever done. And it's not good. It's just not well made. He dies in it and comes back. And the yeah, money's it's just not weird. It, yeah, it's, it's just weird. Poorly done. Uh, American Made, though, is pretty good. He plays Barry Seal, the the pilot that was running drugs back in the 70s. I, I like thought that, that was a I like that movie. real yeah, good I flick. Do. I, I uh, Doug Lyman directed that way back to go guy. Right. He, he was a great yep. director. Um, mm -hmm. Fallout would come out. And, you know, we've been waiting for Maverick now for three years, Chuck. So. After this, we're going to get two more Mission Impossibles and maybe a rumored uh, uh, a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow. 
Um, and we'll see what else he does. But, you know, not only he's only got 49 credits, Chuck, to his name. That's not a lot for a guy that's a superstar. But with back end deals and upfront money, it's for him. It's pretty doggone good. And listen, is his off screen like you know the, yeah. the couch incident on Oprah? Yeah. Uh, who cares at the end of the day? But um, you know, with Scientology, he's clearly an extremely smart dude. Um, One of those weird weird actors for me, Chuck, who I never really liked per se. Like, oh my god, it's a Tom Cruise movie. I gotta see it. But most of the mm-hmm. time, when I go to the theaters, I'm entertained. Whether highly in a four star movie, but even well, because, his- you know, you know, you know, he's going to bring the A game and elevate the production team to their A game. He, yeah. he accepts nothing less. And that's good. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, we're looking forward to Maverick. Are you going to be there first night? IMAX, I am front row ready to well, go. No, I'm going to say I'm seeing it at the Pocono cinema on a pretty big screen. No IMAX, though. <laughs> no, no, IMAX. no IMAX. Yeah, I don't even no. are you within 25 miles of an IMAX? Probably not. Uh, I probably, yeah, I know it'd be in Jersey just, though. Just turn it, turn up the, uh, the smoothie shop TV really loud. It's just, it's just like, it. it's almost the same thing. I agree. All right, Chuck, we'll do this all over again next week, my friend. All right. Uh, always a pleasure to the audience. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to movie maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media.